Welcome to the program. I'm Jeff Sheckman. How many times have you gone to the movies or an art exhibit or read a book and not really completed the experience until you've left and talked about the movie or the show or the exhibit with someone else? Either the person you went with or somebody who read or saw the same thing. This is at once both the most primal of social media and also emphasizes the importance of opinion and criticism. Both give art context and through the process of discussion or even argument, the ability to sort out, understand, and process what we saw. This is and has been part of the job of critics and criticism in our society. In this way, criticism is like legal thinking. It marshals and structures ideas in ways that give art its power and forward thrust. But in today's society where everyone can have a platform, where our respect for expertise seems fragile at best, where the long tail of confirmation bias seems to drive everything, from our politics to our musical and artistic taste, what role does the critic play? We're going to talk about this today with my guest, A.O. Scott. He's been film critic for the New York Times since January of 2000. Previously, he was a book reviewer for Newsday and a frequent contributor to Slate. In addition to his film reviews, he often writes for the New York Times Magazine and Book Review. It is my pleasure to welcome A.O. Scott to this program to talk about his new book, Better Living Through Criticism, How to Think About Art, Pleasure, Beauty, and Truth. Tony, thanks so much for joining us. It's great to be with you, Jeff. Great to have you here. Has criticism gone through a kind of creative destruction like everything else in our society today? I think it has, and it was one of the things that uh, that inspired me to to write this book was, um, you know, grappling as as someone who works at a newspaper um, with the the enormous seismic change that seemed to be happening in the media landscape, um, and in particular, you know, reading a lot of of articles and think pieces and um, an opinion uh, about how. Um, critics were, were obsolete. How now that we have Yelp um, and Rotten Tomatoes and aggregation sites and Amazon marketing algorithms and, and the like button on Facebook um, and, and all of these ways of, of, of disseminating different kinds of opinion that, um, that, that, that critics like me were, uh, were on the way to extinction. Um, and I, I, I thought, well, maybe it'd be possible to, to, to step back and, and, and look at this and look not just at what critics do in the narrow professional sense, not just what um, writers like me, um, journalists like me uh, do and, and, and have done um, you know, for the last hundred or a couple hundred years, but to try to dig deeper and think about, well, what, what is criticism as, as, a, as, as an intellectual discipline, as a, a way of relating to experience? Um, how has it been done in the past and, and, and how uh, might it survive in, in the future? So uh, I, I tried to write this, this book not merely or, or, or not even um, very much at all as, as a defense of my, of my own job, um, which I have to say <laughs> is a job I like very much and <laughs> would be very happy to keep doing. Um, but but uh, an attempt to kind of try to, to 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 see the reasons that that job exists in the first place and the function that it that it serves more broadly in the culture. I guess the broader cultural question that comes to mind first is the degree to which the public is an important part of that process. If a critic writes in the forest and nobody hears it, <laughs> is it still criticism, essentially? The degree to which public perception of criticism has changed 
whether it has become, unfortunately, in, in our noisy society, a kind of subset of punditry and, and what that means. I think that is a, that is a danger. Um, I, I, I think that criticism, uh, in a way, begins in, in, in solitude. Um, that is to say, it begins you know, with, with, with the thoughts and, and responses uh, of the individual critics. So um, I, I go to a movie uh, you know, in the same way that everybody else does, um, but a little bit earlier, maybe. And, and, and I, I, it makes me you know, feel a certain way. I'm moved, or I'm, I'm bored, or I'm, I'm tickled, um, or, or whatever it is, or whatever combination of those things, or I'm disgusted and offended. Um, and I have to start to make sense of that experience, of that response, and to put it into some kind of um, articulate form that that other people can can read and and can use and and for me um, criticism is what happens when uh, just a kind of raw opinion or reaction um, begins to to transmute itself into an argument so in that sense it becomes a public and a social and a and a um, a communal undertaking. So it, it, it becomes criticism when someone else is involved in a way, when it becomes a conversation, um, when, uh, when you're, you're getting outside of your own head and, and, and talking to someone else. I mean, for me, the, the, the model of criticism or, or the kind of the primal scene of criticism is two people walking out of a movie, let's say, and arguing about what they saw. Now, as you say, everybody is arguing all the time, um, and, it, and it can get very unruly and very um, and very noisy. Um, and a, as happens uh, on social media, um, in in other contexts, certainly in, in politics, people will collect into into you know into clusters of of the like-minded and and just um, kind of sit around agreeing with each other and and uh, um, you know sticking their tongues out at, at at people who don't agree. Um, I think there is a lot of room, nonetheless, within our current media environment for uh, for genuine criticism, and I think that people do seek out, um, amid all of the all of the the noise and the cacophony and the just and the endless you know hot takes that 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 descend every time there's an episode of a TV show or something at all uh, controversial or as as we like to say now problematic happens. There are there are um, you know, immediately 50 different uh, pieces published, you know, kind of taking right. it from different directions. But I think that within that, um, there there is uh, often a lot of, of, of interesting thinking and provocative writing. And I think that there is... Um, a desire for that for that kind of writing for that for that kind of discourse it's 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 the question of 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 how to find it um and and pay the right kind of attention to it i think i guess what's arguably different from politics or other things is that you can have kind of abstract judgments in those areas and that one of the points that you make is that for art to even exist, it needs criticism, that, that they come from the same place, and that criticism is, is an important component of art, and the two kind of exist in ways that are unique to really art as opposed to other things about which there's criticism or punditry. I think that's true. I mean, one, one of the, the, 
um, the themes of this book is is the uniqueness of art, the uniqueness of um, of what we sometimes call, in a more you know philosophical vein, aesthetic experience. That is, it's not the same. What 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 we're feeling, what's happening to us, what we're looking for um, when we're when we're consuming or experiencing art is is something that's different. It's different from politics. It's different from religion. It's different from morality. Um, it's different from sexual desire. It's it's it it it. it it's independent of, of, of all of those things, even though it's also related um, to them. And I think that, that art, you know, in a way, arises from this impulse that we have, um, a kind of remarkable one as a species, to, um, to, to make things, um, to make representations, to make beautiful objects, to, um, to, to, to tell stories and, and organize performances and um, construct artifacts that help us make sense of our situation in the world as, as, as human beings. Um, so, I mean, one way that I think Matthew Arnold uh, described this, a great 19th century critic and, and poet, was that art is a criticism of life. Um, that is, it's the, it's the interpretation, it's the finding of meaning and value in experience. Um, and I think criticism is therefore already part of artistic expression. Um, and I think it is in another way too, which is that every artist uh, has a critical relation to other art, um, to, to, to his or her influences, to his or her rivals. Um, you know, a, a, a musician picks up an instrument and, and, and has to learn um, how to do it, what to do with it somehow. And, and that is through um, the critical appreciation of, uh, of of the work of other of other musicians so part of what I'm saying is is criticism is always already there you know you we don't we don't really have art without it it may not always be what we think of as as you know formal criticism it doesn't always exist in the form of 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 reviews um, or of uh, even of the work of professional critics who are relatively new um, species on the on the cultural landscape, but it, but it but it's always there. It's 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 internal to um, the process of of artistic creation, and it's always and it always accompanies the making of art. Where does the issue of trust fall into this? The trust between the, the reader and the critic. Talk about that. That that I think is the most important thing um, for for a critic, and in a way, uh, the reason that critics exist and the reason that 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 people read um what we do is the desire to have um a, a trustworthy uh source of information um and and a trustworthy uh in a way conversation partner um and and i think that uh you know every, every, every critic um criticism is a, is a kind of writing so i think that um as with other forms of writing you respond to to the voice and and what you think of as as the as the as the personality or temperament of the person writing, um, and it it should be someone who uh, who you want to spend time with, who you who you want to um, go back and talk to, and um, whose whose ideas are are clear and whose sensibility is um, is is appealing to you, and and what you want if you're a critic. Um, is to cultivate the trust of readers, which isn't to say you want everyone to agree with you all the time or um, that you're always going to be successful in bringing people around to your point of view, um, but that 
your 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 writing will be clear enough um and and your thinking will be clear enough um that uh that people will trust you that 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 people will say you know well um i don't agree with him in this case um but but i know his tastes and i know his mind and i can i can you know um i i can see where he's coming from it seems like that there there are two forces that are pushing against this today. One is a kind of anti-intellectualism that's rampant in too many parts of society today. And the other is a kind of youthful, kind of millennial attitude towards criticism and expertise and, and relying more on, on peer comments that are both, both of these things are kind of pushing against so much of what we've been talking about. I, I think that's true. I mean, I, I think that um, there's certainly, uh, you know, you, you don't have to look um, very far or, or, or watch the news for very long um, to see the, the, you know, the power of, of anti-intellectualism um, in American life. And it, it is, it's, it's, it's always been there and it kind of um, rears its head uh, every, every, every once in a while. Um, and just the you know the kind of idea just just a, a sort of prejudice against against thinking against nuance against complexity the idea that the kind of the if you put things in the in the simplest um most dramatic most most emotionally charged form um you'll succeed you see a lot of that certainly in the uh in the presidential campaign um right now um i think you're also right that 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 there is that going along with that um very often is a mistrust of um, of expertise and, and and of authority, and and that can be a good thing. You know, I, I think that that um, it's certainly you know true that that um, experts are are often fallible, and that and that people who who are who are vested with various forms of of cultural and political and social authority um, abuse their their power and don't always have the interests of of um, of people at, at, at heart, but when, but when it becomes a ref, a reflex, you know, when, when you're not, um, evaluating, uh, things on their own terms or, or exercising critical thought, but just, um, you know, automatically debunking, uh, you know, everything just cause it came from the New York times, let's say, um, or, or, or some other, you know, old media source that, that, that you think, you know, to be untrustworthy. Um, that's a problem, and I and I think there's there's also a problem of the kind of the the authority of of um, of individual opinions and point of view. I mean, there there is this idea we have that that um, you know n- nobody is really allowed to criticize anyone else's um, uh, feelings or ideas or, or or thoughts. You know that we're that we're all kind of have our own um, subjective. Uh, sovereignty and um and there and there's no an argument is almost uh um almost a kind of impolite uh or 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 offensive um undertaking and and i think that that you know that certainly um needs to be pushed back against which is not to say that that you know you have to be um, obnoxious or abusive or disrespectful or uncivil to people but that part of civility is is arguing is saying well you know um you have a point of view, you need to defend that point of view. Other points of view need to uh, to contend with it. It's interesting thinking about this as it relates to young people, particularly millennials that have grown up in this this world of fairness where, where everybody gets the proverbial trophy. I, I, I think that's true. I mean, one, one of the, the uh, 
the the at one moment in the, in, in the book, I mean, I kind of say we we, we have this this um, this divided consciousness about that. You know, every, everybody everybody wants um, you know every 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 kid wants um, their work to be praised. You know, their finger painting to to go up on the refrigerator. But everyone also knows that that some things are better than others, and I think that that makes us kind of um, uncomfortable and 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 I think that um, there is sometimes an expectation of of praise and affirmation that ju- that you did something and therefore um, it must be wonderful and um, and I think you know as, as a as a parent of, of youngish millennials myself I'd certainly have been gu- guilty of that probably <laughs> of, um, of not criticizing my children uh, enough but but it is interesting that um, at the same time, I mean, I, 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 I do some, some teaching and I, and I talk on campuses, um, and I do find that there is, you know, in spite of that or alongside that, um, a critical spirit among, among young people in that um, they, they care a lot about the music that they listen to, the television they watch, um, the books they read, and, um, and they're critical about it. You know, that is to say they... they um, they argue passionately about uh, about the value of, of 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 what they experience, and they they take issue with each other's um, opinions. So I I think that um, in a way that 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 kind of split or that tension between um, between wanting to be nice and wanting to be praised on the one hand, and um, wanting to 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 tell the truth and and to and to make distinctions um, on the other. Uh, is always around, and I, I think it's it's expressing itself in, in interesting ways in this in this generation. It's interesting that one of the other ways it it kind of rears its head is in this kind of algorithmic thinking, this algorithmic world that we live in, where the confirmation bias happens not just in our politics and in our opinions about other things, but even in the arts, where we're reinforced by Netflix or Pandora. Yeah. Your your yeah. your colleague at, at the Times, Ben Ratliff, has just written about this extensively with respect to music and the problems inherent in it. Yeah, I mean, I think that that Ben and I, in in some ways, are 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 in the same territory, are reacting to some of the same things, are trying. You know, to figure out how, um, given you know the the the, um, the digital universe that we live in, how how do you make choices? How do you how do you refine and educate your taste? How do you um, expand the parameters of your of your experience? Because the 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 algorithm um, is is this you know this very powerful tool that can kind of slot you into that can typecast you in a way so you know people who like this also like that people who like this book also buy like that book you know you watch this on netflix um here's a bunch of other stuff for you and in a way you know those algorithms seem to be affirming your 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 individuality um and your freedom of choice but um i think the phrase confirmation bias is is exactly right they're also um undermining your your individuality and 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 reducing you to uh to a piece of data um and 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 i think that that any way we can find um uh you know to 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 rebel against that or to kind of stick a wrench in the gears of the algorithm um, while still enjoying the great abundance that that uh, 
um, that that digital technology places in front of us um, is 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 all to the good. And and I think um, one of the things that uh, that Ben is doing in, in in his book that's so marvelous is is suggesting different paths through through the musical universe um, that that can kind of um, zig and zag against the expectations of the of the algorithms. And and um, and and I'm in my own way I think trying to do a similar thing. But I I just think you know we need to 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 be able to um and and willing to to jump the tracks of our own taste sometimes and and go you know go somewhere else um and find something else which which you know which we may hate we may flee back into our into our comfort zone but we need to be um we need to be adventurous we need to be active uh in 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 the cultivation of our own of our own interests and our own pleasures Talk about the impact of abundance, because there's abundance not just in music, but abundance in movies and television in particular. There's so much out there. The the abundance it, it's fascinating to me because I, I I did some uh, in in my research on this book. Um, I was kind of I was thinking a lot about about you know our own moment of of the sort of the 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 sense of of overwhelming. Um, glut that there's just so much there's so you know there's a million hours of 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 television um, every year there's a thousand movies there's who knows how many hundreds of thousands of books there's um, and and you know I walk through uh, the 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 cubicles of in the culture department at the New York Times and I see you know DVDs and 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 galleys and and CDs you know the physical manifestations of this abundance just piled up everywhere and. One thing I discovered as as I was kind of in looking for a language to talk about this is that it's actually not all that new um that you kind of go back to 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 the to the eighteenth century um and there is a, a kind of a, a sense of the of the the overwhelming um you know, scandalous overproduction of of printed matter. Um, or I went back and and read um, Susan Sontag's great book on photography, which um, was published in the mid '70s, and she's talking about how the photographic image is just overwhelming the world, and there's this just enormous um, glut that 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 for her is an almost ecological catastrophe. There are so many pictures, we don't know what to do with them. They're destroying our minds. They're they're kind of clotting up our attention. And I think. If that was true in 1975, right. <laughs> you know, what kind of apocalypse are we living in now? Um, so the and 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 I think back, you know, to my own childhood, you know, kind of uh, taking my my allowance or my my newspaper route money and going to the record store to buy a record and being just um, overwhelmed by by all the choices there. Uh, in 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 the bins or or you know even before there was cable television so um it's 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 nothing new and it and and it's but it's also you know at at a at a um a level that we could scarcely have imagined um before so the question is how how do we manage it how do we um uh, find our way through it um and i'm sometimes sympathetic to the impulse uh you know, that says just let's just walk away from it. You know, let's let's um cut the cable and and uh, you know, um keep our fifties vinyl records and our uh <laughs> you know, and, and our and our couple of, of, of hardback books and, and, and you know, maybe a criterion collection D V D or two and, and, and that'll be enough. Um 
but I think it's it's important to to you know to try to live in the world as it is and 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 navigate our way through it. And I think that um, in a way, uh, critics can be can be guides and companions to that um, to that process. It's not possible for us to see everything. It's not possible for us to see all of the television, read all of the books, um, see all of the movies, but. Um, we can offer some helpful, some assistance uh, on 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 the journey through this uh, through this crowded landscape. And the overlay to all of this, I suppose, is that it is a kind of thinking, a way to kind of marshal ideas. One of the things we hear so much about in education today, for example, is that with information so freely available, that the real skill that that young people need to have going forward in our society today is really this sense of critical thinking. And what we're talking about is is essentially a variation of that, a way to think critically. Absolutely, um, and 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 it's 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 a, a way to think that is is not um, can't sort of simply be be taught by you know by um, by precept. It's a form of of you know and this is probably another piece of educational jargon, but it, it's a form in a way of of experiential um, learning. I mean, what, one of the one of the 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 the, the figures um, and, and thinkers in the background of this book, um, who's not really discussed in it, but but who's an important um, influence is, is John Dewey, who who um, who wrote um, a, a kind of remarkable book called Art as Experience, um, which uh, which certainly informed my thinking about about art, but who's also known as as an educational thinker, as 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 someone who um, who in a way took the problem of education as well you know we're, we're all we all have to start wherever we are in the world and figure out our way through it and absorb what we can and think um skeptically um but also remain uh open-minded and 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 i think i think that's i think that's very important um and and a real challenge in in a world that is that is is so complex it seems to be moving so quickly um where where you know certainty is such in such um short supply um how we navigate the uncertainty without becoming completely paralyzed or without falling prey to to dogma and superstition um is is a real is a real challenge uh and and, and you know and if if this book can contribute in a in a small way um to 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 um to helping kind of advance that the 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 cause of critical thinking then then um, then I'll be pleased. A.O. Scott, the book is Better Living Through Criticism, How to Think About Art, Pleasure, Beauty, and Truth. Tony, I thank you so much for spending time with us today. It was my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.